Hello, and welcome back to We've Never Met, the show for introverts by an introvert. I am that introvert. I'm Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. On this week's episode, we have the first of firsts, which is a guest recommended to the show by a listener slash friend of mine from real life. Uh, This week, I got to talk to Aaron Pittman, who was a genuine 100% total stranger to me. The only thing that I knew about her going into this conversation is that she is friends with my friend, Sarah Craman. Um, of Iowa. Sarah, I'm so sorry, I cannot remember the name of the town that you live in, but I do know that Sarah owns the independent bookstore Dragonfly Books. Um, Whether you are a regular shopper at that bookstore or at the bookstore where I work, which is Mystery to Me in Madison, Wisconsin, um, you should all be shopping local right now more than ever. I, uh, I run the events at our bookstore as well as hand-selling books on the floor, and I keep saying at all of our events, and I know that it's true, I know for sure that Amazon is not hosting free author events throughout this pandemic. In fact, I do know that Amazon's leader, and he is a leader because it is kind of a cult, Jeff Bezos, Bezos, Beelzebub, however you say it, um, has made more money during this pandemic than anybody in the country could even possibly imagine making in a lifetime or possibly even 50 lifetimes. So that's all to say shop local, especially when it comes to bookstores. Uh, There's no better people on earth than independent booksellers. Okay, but enough about that short little plug. I got to talk to Erin. As I said, I knew nothing about her going in. And so of all of the conversations that I've had so far on this show, I was definitely the most nervous for this one because... Usually, if I am about to meet someone I've never met, I have like a couple of questions ready to go based on their Instagram or what I kind of know about them from just like hearing things in the air or if we have a mutual acquaintance. But the way that Aaron came to this show, Sarah's recommendation was just, I think you two would get along. I mean, how ambiguous and cool is that for somebody to know two people well enough that they can confidently say, and spoiler, Sarah, you were 100% right. I loved talking to you, Erin. I seriously do hope that we hang out again, um, virtually, but then someday in the real world. How cool is it that somebody can know two or more people and think, you know, these people would really like each other. And then the trust on Erin's side to be like, yeah, sure, I, I trust you, Sarah. I don't know this this woman from... From I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. I was about to say I wouldn't know her from Adam, but that seems like a phrase we should probably restructure. Anyway, um, so yeah, I knew nothing about Aaron going in, and if you ever find yourself in this situation where you're about to meet someone you have never, ever, 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 ever met, and you're feeling nervous about it, this conversation went so well. Um, there are some thoughtful pauses, which I've left in in this recording, And an awesome new icebreaker question that you should slip into your conversational back pocket. Um, And then it's cool because we went to very vulnerable places and very meaningful places. We ended on a political note, uh, which is sort of hard to do these days. In fact, I'm recording this intro in my closet, my infamous closet, uh, while the rest of the country is watching the first presidential debate. 
Huh, so the last thing I want to say before we dive in here is that just you don't don't have to feel obligated to watch those. You don't have to invite that into your home, you know? I do recommend starting a podcast so that you can distract yourself from the dumpster fire of a situation we're in by recording the intros when you could be spending your time watching presidential debates. All right, so this intro went long and went all over the place, but please enjoy this very first conversation between me and Aaron Pittman. Uh, It was a total joy to be a part of, and I hope that you get just as much, if not double the joy, out of listening to it. So without further ado, Aaron Pittman. God, it's working! Woohoo! I can hear you. We have equal voices in this conversation, Yay. and isn't that what we women are constantly fighting for? <laughs> almost exclusively that. We it have, takes a lot of energy. We have no time to do anything else. We're literally just Mm-mm. trying to be acknowledged anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Erin, hello. I'm yes. Charlotte. Hi. It's great to meet you. I love your sweater. I love your glasses. And Thank you. I don't have straight hair. I have very curly hair, which you can't tell because I'm in a I'm in a dark closet. Um, <laughs> but it's like shorn on the sides and then curly love on it. top. But if I had straight hair, if I had inherited any of my Asian mother's hair genes, um, <laughs> I would definitely do this like. What do you call that? A lob? A, it was. It's a. It's a bob that went into uh, quarantine isolation. <laughs> sure. And became a lob with sure. a lot of dead ends on it. Well, it looks yeah. great. You're doing a great job. Now. Thank you. I mean, speaking of women trying to be heard in places other than just talking about how everyone is dressed and their hairstyles. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of my rules for the show is that I cannot explicitly ask you what you do for work. Cause I think that's kind okay. of a boring question. So I'll start with this question instead, which is, do you have a favorite icebreaker question? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Oh yes. What is it? Okay. So, um, I, I like the analogy, I guess. And, and you could do it for, it could be like if you're heading into an important meeting uh-huh. or it could be if you were getting ready to like play a sport or hmm. like getting ready to do something you need to psych yourself up for in some way uh-huh. or your walkout song. Oh. If you needed a song to like play for your like entrance into an event, what would it be? Okay. I do know the answer to this and I just want to say before I put it on the record what it is, (laughs) is that, first of all, I have sort of a nostalgic feeling about this song because it was one of our warm-up songs on the JV volleyball team in high school, which from which you may know me. Um, And it was before Kanye West was a controversial figure. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many disclaimers. Because that's a real thing. Yes, it is. We do the same thing. And it makes me sad. I'm like, let let Pastor Aaron love him. For real. I mean, so the song is Stronger, which I just love that song. It's like, it's all the thing. It's so maximalist as a song, which like is very unusual. I'm, I'm more of a, I tend more toward minimalism in most things. 
Um, but that song just like gets me going. I also really love the song Some Nights for, by Fun, which... Love that song and that band. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole project is great. Yes. I love that song so much that I, I think I successfully burnt every bridge to my peers as far as friendships go in college because I just listened to only that song to like get myself psyched up for anything, for anything. Um, yeah, I didn't make a lot of friends that way, but that that's a contender except the lyrics are very sad. So I think I'd go with Kanye. That's a good call. Either mm-hmm. one though is like super, super duper good. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love. I used to run. I when I ran for like a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> same, I, same. Um, I like, I like exercising. I mm-hmm. like moving my body. I do not enjoy running. Um, but when I was, I feel like that's a perfect song to run to. Like it has yes. the perfect beat too. Yeah. Run to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the message is very clear about it's. It's in line yeah. with what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, I'm very into that song. Yeah, running, I agree. The f- Someone I know who used to run marathons until she was diagnosed with a congenital heart disease was like, now I look back on that time in my life. She's fine. But yeah, she but doesn't run anymore. <laughs> She's like, you know, I look back on running marathons, or maybe she was just aspiring to run a marathon. The first guy who ran a marathon died from running a marathon. So... We shouldn't maybe try to do that to our bodies. <laughs> I just in general, like if I can avoid dying, like that's what I try to do. Say that, like, that's all I'm here on this earth to do is be acknowledged right? as a woman and never die. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. Just like there's so many things that people do to be like, like an extreme, like an extreme sport. Or whatever. I'm just like avoiding dying is like number one <laughs> on my list of activities to do on a day-to-day basis. That's so true. Trying for. It's so true. I, I won't even eat very many foods that I'm even vaguely suspicious of. Oh my God, this is a thing. This is a real <laughs> thing. I have this like, where I'm like, if the thought has crossed my mind where I'm like, I can't remember if that was three days ago or five days ago. Like, oh, and I'll just be like, nope, not gonna eat it. And I'll be like, it could have easily been yesterday and I just forgot. But I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. as soon as the idea, I'm like, I will convince myself that I definitely have poisoning. I will definitely die from eating this. Right now I have something's up with the pipes in my building where like the water is I keep describing it in my maintenance requests as yellow. It's not (laughs) yellow. It's like if I put a glass of water on a white tabletop, it has a tinge of something in it that I would not like to ingest. (laughs) Some would say. That's fair. You and I would say. That's a fair request. But uh yeah, I know I've been like purloining water from other places. Like when I go to, I work in a bookstore, like our friend Sarah. So we have a Brita filter there, which is like the height of luxury. Um, why yes, don't I have a Brita filter? They're only like $15. I should just get one. But I will like get my water there or I'll go, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, listeners, visit my parents, <laughs> which I am genuinely visiting them, but I'm also just like stocking up on water <laughs> until. My maintenance request gets some attention. Um, okay, let's circle back. What is your yes. walk-in song? My walk-in song is On to the Next One by Jay-Z. Oh, <gasps> what a great choice. How did it's, you arrive there? I think the song, it the icebreaker came from the song. That, like, uh-huh, I, uh-huh, uh-huh. I realized that I... Um, 
before I had like an important meeting and I needed to get like really like jacked up, I would like always listen to that song because like, and I was like, this is such a good like, I wonder, I wonder what this says about a person because the thing about the music that like, the things that I like about it is that it's very much like about like being being ambitious and like working for what you want and like never like kind of just like never being satisfied not in like a negative way but believing like mm-hmm. in yourself that like if, I, if there's something I want I have what it takes to go get it yes. that's always been kind of the like and like look at my past like like I have a record that I am can be successful if I try really hard mm-hmm. and and then like that, that's like the whole the whole energy which I I sound a lot like Jay-Z obviously so <laughs> I'm sure that the vibe is coming across exactly accurately but then I remember being like I wonder what this says about a person if like what they what they choose and it almost always has like a good reason behind it like you were saying like a specific thing from your past that you're like nostalgic about so it like totally reminds you of getting pumped up yeah totally we weren't even a very good volleyball team we were like very middle of the road high school volleyball team but like whoa it just felt really good too and there were other songs that I now couldn't tell you what they were but that one sticks in my head I think probably also it had just come out um and I will also say since we're getting to know each other, I it is uncharacteristic for me to to say that it would be a Kanye West song because there is a whole decade and a half of my childhood where I don't know that any music happened that wasn't Shania Twain for real and the Dixie that Chicks. Is amazing, <laughs> amazing. So it's like people will listen to I don't know like. I'm going to embarrass myself just trying to think of a band, uh, Blink-182, and they're like, oh my god, I love this song, and I'm like, oh, is it new? And they're like, it was new in 1999, but... (laughs) (laughs) So... I think that that's a... That's a super real thing, though, that either it's your preference, a lot of times, like, families have so much to do with, like, what you listen to growing up or what you're allowed to listen to growing up, Mm -hmm. and so... I really, I feel like that can dictate so much of like what you're exposed to. And it, like, it, I have like plenty of friends who will be like, oh, I didn't have cable growing up. And it's like, you, there's a whole slew of pop culture reference that like, you will not you just, understand. It's just gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shania Twain. That is amazing. Shania Twain and the Dixie Chicks really stand out in my yeah. mind. And my dad really likes the cars. So if you need to know a song from that, <laughs> That those three artists, I'm your girl. But pretty much everything else, you can count That's me right so out. Funny, I I have a playlist mm-hmm. called "I Used to Like Country." Okay, because I definitely used to listen to it growing up. And then after I moved away from, um, I grew up in a, a more like rural part of Illinois than I live in now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I like was like, I'm just gonna leave this. Here. <laughs> <laughs> too real <laughs> just gonna set this down listen to a little rascal flats moving on and then whoa <laughs> rascal flats i have a oh i'm having a recovered memory of watching again my okay so uh, just to paint a picture for you my mom is a like small vietnamese lady oh god okay. god help me she does listen to this show she's gonna text me and be like small She's small. She's short. Um, But she, for whatever reason, her favorite genre of music when my brother and I were kids was country. So we'd watch like the country music, what is it, channel, television? Yeah, CMT. Yeah. So I can clearly remember probably like the day that that Rascal Flatts 
music video dropped where god what is the song um they're on <laughs> they're on like a parking garage roof it's raining the song yes. is about him seeing her at an airport or something um hold on <laughs> this is my oh my god hold on i'm almost uh i can sing it but i will not i'm trying to think of what it's called um <laughs> But yeah, that's me and my me and my high school um, boyfriend. We would sing it driving in in the car. That was like our like rock out song. Interesting choice. Interesting. Is it? Yeah. Is it? That's what I'm doing these days. Is it the one? I think it's these days. These days. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. We solved that mystery. Whoa. Yeah. yeah what music videos? So that's a whole other thing. Like I don't. When people reference music videos, I'm like. Wild. I don't know what you're talking about. I am I am up enough on my knowledge now to know about like Bjork's Swan Dress, Lil Kim's Pasty. Yeah, I couldn't tell you jack about Missy Elliott, except that I like her now, but Yeah, you yeah, have to. Just blank. I feel like this could be like a really wonderful endeavor to like <laughs> to like just open up the chasm that is for real. All the music videos from the, and kind of like take a take a walk back in time. I should do that. I should start a secondary podcast in which <laughs> each guest brings a song from the mid 90s to mid 2000s and they educate me. I just listen and they tell me about what I should think about that song. Okay, so here's a fun icebreaker question in that vein. Tell me. If you were a guest on that hypothetical podcast, what song are you bringing to me? that I really missed out on? Okay, so this is such a great question because there's a couple of different avenues to take. <laughs> I take everything significantly more seriously than it needs to be. No, no, this is that's very serious. This is, this is my career really we're talking about, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real launching point for you. Um, so, okay, I'm trying to think. So for me, growing up, I actually, I, okay, Rewind. Growing up, my parents worked like opposite schedules. So like in the mm -hmm. summers, my dad worked like second shift. So he went to work at 3.30 and my mom got home at 3.30. So they, like all day I was like home with my dad. But, like he had to like sleep and he had to like mm -hmm. do that. So for like the hour or whatever too, but like I was awake, he wasn't awake. I would watch music videos on MTV, <laughs> like unbeknownst to him. And I wasn't like, tr I was like six. <laughs> I wasn't hiding it. But like at some point I definitely probably knew I wasn't supposed to. Sure. Like, I probably it was too little for it. But at some point, he realized what I was doing and was like, no. <laughs> and then finally, I was like, this is a, a fundamental part of who I am. <laughs> like, I really, like, this means a lot to me. And he's like, fine, you can watch it, like, with me. And, like, oh. I will watch with you so that there's not something that you're not supposed to see so I can, like, turn it off, you know? So I'm trying to think of, like, some of the most important, like, memories of my life feel like they are like sitting on or my mom's like my mom and dad's like old mauve carpet <laughs> in front of like the console tv and I'm trying to think of like the most specific I feel like there's a super weird Dave Matthews band music video for Whew. crash into me okay and I feel like even though it may not be like quintessential in terms of like the history of music. <laughs> Dave so became, like an enormous part of my life. So from a nostalgia perspective, uh -huh. I feel like it like it like very much like thinking it was a really cool video was very much something mm -hmm. that was like it like opened up a new like 
depth of music and like what could song like kind of like being analytical about music and being analytical oh my about God. music videos. It's a very which looking back that song is messed up. Like, <laughs> it is. Don't wrong. I walked down the aisle to crash into me uh, like a string quartet version. Amazing. But it's still not the song is deeply troubling. Um, <laughs> that one or I'm trying to think if there's any like really important. No, I'm trying to, yeah, I think the, the only one that sticks out to me that's, like, iconic is um, NSYNC's I Drive Myself Crazy, because it's, it was, it was the epitome of, like, TRL back when, like, that was a big deal, Whoa. and it was, like, number one for a bajillion weeks, and, like, I set all these records or whatever, and uh-huh. so it's kind of, like, iconic in terms of, like, it represents the, the boy band era. Yeah. Pre 9/11, when everything got serious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we were allowed to just like no longer allowed to have songs. fun or enjoy no. anything. No. Yeah, I feel very much the same right now. Which is like every time I feel even a hint of like glee about something, I'm like, no, stop, stop, a tone, a tone. You made this happen, and that is probably my Catholic education coming out. So there you go. <laughs> Just a weight of guilt. Just the weight of guilt is crushing. Um, yeah, that that's a good one, Dave Matthews Band. Because also, I mean, speaking of Kanye West and high school, was there a contingent in your high school of people who were like cultishly obsessed with the Dave Matthews Band? Is it the Dave Matthews Band? Is it... Dave Matthew apostrophe S's band? What is it? It's his band. It's, <laughs> I think it's just, I should know this. Um, so in high school, no. I don't know if there was anybody who was obsessed. I was that person. <laughs> I was the person who, like, you were talking about how you burnt people out, like, on, on some nights. Yes. I, that's just who I am as a human being. I just burn everyone around <laughs> me out on anything that I'm remotely interested in. Sure, I sure. can't do anything other than talk about or listen to or watch the thing and I just badger people yep. in my life to love it because I, I I think that it's like a way for me to be like connect with me on this thing that matters <laughs> a lot to me but for them or else like, I don't want to watch that show <laughs> stop talking about it um but I was that person who became obsessed with Dave Matthews band there was like a solid I don't know like five years of my life that like mm-hmm. the only like I had a second job for the purpose of buying concert tickets and like traveling around the country and like i have i have two tattoos of dave matthews band stuff yeah okay so you have that great actually this that you're gonna solve a lifelong mystery for me i ask you this because yeah no you're on (laughs) welcome to your ted talk um because there was a contingent in my high school who we're all like fine people this is not a judgment but they were like as i said cultishly obsessed like they would Mm -hmm, do mm -hmm. all of i guess i'm speaking to the choir here um like follow them them him it around yeah (laughs) knew all the songs would have like deep discussions about whether studio dave or live dave was better Again, for those of you who can't see, Erin is making what I'd call a, I've done that, face. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, this is all resonant. Um, so, and then a few of them did go on to get some Dave Matthews Band tattoos. One of them is that logo, which kind of looks like a dancing person. 
The fire dancer. Okay, explain. You have the floor. <laughs> so the question is like, what is it? What's the fire dancer? What is it? Where does it come from? Why did he pick I, it? I bet I used to know. I feel like, so for, for the record, mm-hmm. one of my tattoos has a fire dancer in it. Oh, but it isn't just the fire dancer. No, it's like um, the fire dancer is like the beginning of a music staff, kind of, instead of the... Sure. Okay, yes, I can you know, see instead that. Instead of that, it's like a... And then the music staff. Uh-huh. Um, but it is, I believe... I'm just going to make this up. I th- sure. This is what it seems like to me. I think that this is what I remember, but I literally could just be making it up. I feel <laughs> like it had something to do with, like, um, a... Like, when they were really high and, like... Oh, sure. And, like, he something that he like saw like in like like they were like at a bonfire i feel like i I could genuinely be making all of this up but i feel like that was a real thing that seems likely i mean i've heard his songs a few of them since and i can definitely believe that that's that's yeah (laughs) that is something that i'm sure happened to him a lot actually it's amazing he could just narrow it down to one symbol and not exactly a language of symbols yeah, that's a good question. I should look that up because it feels like a thing. If you're going to tattoo something on your body, you should probably like, know where it came from. I thought I did at the time. You know what, though? It's okay. I'll prob- I'm will i just going to ask him because he's actually my guest next week on the show, if you can <laughs> believe it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I wish pass out. That would be like, as... I'm not obsessed now, but I definitely like have a lot of, like, <laughs> I have a lot of gratitude oh, yeah. to throw his way of, like, yeah, I am... Um, the reason I got the, the tattoo that's on my foot was like because I um it's basically like the song is basically about like um about not assuming that the future is when things are going to be better like being happy with what you have yeah. now and like not wasting the time you have now because you just kind of think like the whole concept of like the best is yet to come like that's not real oh like, god you should, like you have no promise that that's going to happen and so I had I had pretty uh rough depression for like my whole life and then finally like as an adult got um got diagnosed and was going to therapy and doing that whole thing Mm -hmm. and um I promised myself that I would get this tattoo that of the lyrics that said um they say don't burn the day Mm. um when I felt like I was like living that like I and I love it like looking back like 22 year old Aaron like what a sweet sweet girl (laughs) (laughs) like oh you really figured out all the life's big issues living in the moment um but but i did do that so it was super meaningful to me so there you go yeah that is okay look let's have no judgment for 22 year old aaron because 22 year old charlotte had a lot of dumb ideas so many dumb ideas mercifully i didn't get any of my 22 year old tattoo ideas tattooed on me um but i really want a tattoo let me ask you as someone who we're going to come back to the depression thing because that's interesting to me because I have depression and anxiety and I feel like another... Okay, I will finish a sentence at some point. I'm sorry. Um, wow, meeting people really is fun. Okay, so first of all, I want a tattoo. I'm afraid of needles. Should I let this stop me? Not afraid so, of. Somebody- but like, no, I don't think you should. Okay. I, I don't think it should stop you. So somebody described it to me as the pain, and it was it was the most accurate and weirdly specific description, is that it feels like cat scratches on a sunburn. Ouch. Like, it hurts, mm-hmm. but that's not the worst thing you've ever felt before. No, it is not. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So All right. 
Cat scratches on a sunburn I can deal with. My wife is a very literal person. She has two giant tattoos on her sides. Um, and I asked her, I think right as soon as we met, I'm very fascinated with tattoos. So I was like, tell me everything about your tattoos. What's your name again? No. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh, what does it feel like? Um, it kind of feels like a needle stabbing you over and over and over again to draw a picture. And I was like, thanks. That's not useful. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to describe it with, without ever experiencing it, that's probably what I would say. <laughs> it does feel like that because it is that. That I mean, is actually what's happening. <laughs> if you're going to get real specific about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Now my next question is, no, first okay. I had a story, which was kind of like not knowing anything about pop music and par- large swaths of pop culture um, from middle school to the end of high school, I also did not realize that like depression and anxiety were things that lots of people feel. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And that just like doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. It's just that like you may have a chemical imbalance or you may have really bad coping habits or whatever. So I hate to hijack this into a, I don't hate it. I love it. Sorry. I'm lied to you right to your face. Um, (laughs) I love to hijack this conversation into quick little advocacy moment for going to therapy and addressing your depression. Not you, but like anyone who's listening and on the fence about it, you should be way less on the fence about that than getting a tattoo is what I think. No shit. For real. <laughs> I I don't think that there's any like bigger like choice I've ever made in my life. That, Same. Like, yeah positively benefited me than to be like and also because there's so many things that you probably have been beating yourself up about for oh about my god years your entire life like thinking and then realizing that like that wasn't even my fault no <laughs> <laughs> i am sick i could have had a doctor's note for everything that's a for all of, these for all of those feelings yeah that, um i i got i got diagnosed with depression when i was like 22 but then um like she kept trying to tell me, my therapist kept trying to be like, is it possible that you have ADD? And I was like, oh no, I'm lazy. And she was like, mm, tell me more about that. <laughs> is that. Is that true? And then so it took her like a solid two years to convince me that, and then once I started like actually looking into it, it was like, oh, I put all these things that were, per- I thought they were personality yes. and they were symptoms. Yes. <laughs> but it made me like, like go, oh, like, sweet 22 year old Aaron mm-hmm. kind of feeling of like oh you were trying so hard no wonder you couldn't do anything yes yes like, exactly that's so they weren't personality quirks they were symptoms is something I yeah. think I'll probably I think that's my tattoo if I'm being honest with myself there you go. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not whatever chemical you're current you're imbalanced on just get it tattooed on there perfect what a good idea yeah and then everyone will know all of the chemical imbalances i have perfect i'll just list them like nutrition facts on my arm or something um serotonin no (laughs) lacking in a big way in a big way yep i'm actually on craigslist looking for some serotonin if anyone's selling it i'll take it i'll just mix it into my (laughs) coffee every morning um Yeah, that's such a, I see, I have, I don't know if you suffer from anxiety too, but I do, did more acutely before I was medicated for it and going to therapy. And I look back on my childhood of all of these like weird episodes that I, I mean, like 
going to summer camp and being told I had heat stroke. And then I was like blithely talking to my therapist about it not a year ago. And he's like, oh, it sounds like you had a week long panic attack as a nine year old. And I was like, oh, (laughs) you're right. My limbs did go numb and I couldn't sleep. And like all of these things that now I'm like, just like you said, there wasn't anything. I mean, there was something wrong going on, but like, it's not because I was a crybaby who was homesick. It's because something wasn't firing right or whatever. So yeah, thanks for going with me down that road. Absolutely. I, I um yeah, I I do I have anxiety now. Um, <laughs> who doesn't? One one situationally right. to be worried about so um, much. But I had never I was fully that like jerk that like when with friends who had anxiety when I was like growing up and stuff, they would explain kind of like some of the thought patterns and, and I did the thing in my brain of being like, I don't understand, like just stop thinking about that. Like oh. that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So why? And then, and so because I had depression, I was like, I was ready. When I got pregnant, I was like, I'm definitely at <laughs> postpartum depression. So I'm going to get my medication set up and I'm going to have my therapist ready. And like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I had a plan. It, I was like kind of telling my, my husband and my mom and friends, like, here are the kinds of things that you can tell if I'm starting to dip. Like if you see these wow. things before I see them, like, because I was really scared. It's like a scary yeah. feeling to kind of be heading into something that you've heard can be really like a big mess. So mm-hmm. I was all prepared for that. What I was not prepared for was postpartum anxiety, which no one told me was a thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, know. say more, say everything about that. Holy shit. So <laughs> like I, after, after my daughter was born, I started in content warning, uh, Boys, you're going to want to leave for this one. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, content warning on anxiety, like if, you, if, if anxiety, like specifics are stressful. Mm-hmm. Because I, I started having all of these awful intrusive thoughts, and I had never had them. Oh, no. Like, I'd never had anything like that before. Uh-huh. And I thought something was, like, deeply wrong with me. Like, oh. I, like, picturing horrific things happening to my brand new baby. Oh, no. Like, and... It was, I, I genuinely didn't know it was even a thing that happened mm-hmm. and it was so upsetting. And I kind of like for a while kept it to myself because obviously if you've never experienced anything like that before, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. I just thought I was just like a messed up person. And, like I couldn't sleep because I was so worried she was going to stop breathing in the middle of the sure. night, which is like a normal mom thing, but not to the degree of like, mm-hmm. you know, crying for hours. Um, so... I was listening to a podcast, um, which is actually how uh, your friend Sarah and my friend Sarah and I met mm-hmm. was um, via this podcast that's called One Bad Mother. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the one of the women who um, hosts the show was talking about having intrusive thoughts and was kind of describing it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And because she used those words, I went and Googled it mm-hmm. and was like, oh, oh, oh my God. My. Yeah. And I read all about it. And it was like I basically kind of like used some. I don't super don't recommend this. You should definitely go to therapy, but I just had a lot going on. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, But I did a Google and kind of like, what are some of the things that like therapists do with people? And then just started repeating to myself every time I would have a thought, I would be like, there's a chemical imbalance in your brain that you can't help. You're not thinking any of these things because you like you, because they're going to happen or because Mm -hmm. like you would allow them to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault. And I would just repeat it over and over. Oh my gosh. Like it worked, but it it super worked to like to feel better. But yeah, it was wild. So I like, didn't know it was an option. Then went to a, to a psychiatrist. Uh I did find a new psychiatrist 
Um, go to him, and he he refers to. I was trying to explain to what I was getting, trying to figure out. He refers to him as those oh, those pesky female hormones. Uh, and you became a dust outline of where you were sitting because you ran out of there so fast. <laughs> Legitimately, I, I, I looked at him and I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, Good. Like, what kind of a person? A doctor. A doctor. Mm-hmm. No less. Yeah. It, it, I was. I was furious. And so, yeah, I never. I never went back to him again. Good for you. Oh. That yeah, pesky make, female hormones. You know those ones. Those pesky female hormones. It's kind of like okay, again, a content warning. I'm gonna make not. Well, anyway, I'm gonna make a penis joke. Those pesky sexual assailants with their pesky penises. Excuse what? you. <laughs> right, yeah, that was exactly that was exactly my response. Was just sort of like a, I'm not. I don't even know what kind of planet you live on that this is a thing. I'm like those pesky female hormones that just made a person from scratch. You dick. Yeah. <laughs> like. like uh, you're welcome. Uh, and. Yeah. I will never be seeing you again. You can burn to a crisp in hell. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. That was very much exact. Yeah, exactly that. So oh. very long tangent on uh, mental health. Well, yeah. actually, that's such a... I'm glad that you told me. I don't have children. I'm not currently pregnant. I would actually like to not be pregnant, but I, I, <laughs> um, I didn't know that postpartum anxiety was its own thing because you hear about postpartum depression maybe not even enough but it's more in the discourse than postpartum anxiety and yeah i can oh my god and you're already not sleeping at all (laughs) so your poor brain i remember just sobbing to my husband that like there's all these things you're i was like it's really hard to tell what's anxiety when these are all things you should worry about. Absolutely. Like, it's your job to make sure that you, you know, have your baby in a sleep, uh, safe sleep space. Yep. That there's nothing that they could like roll over into that they couldn't breathe. <laughs> make sure that they're swaddled. Make sure that it's not too hot, that it's not too cold. Like all the things that are, make sure they're feeding them the exact right amount all of the time. Like all oh these ridiculous God. things in the first couple of weeks afterwards. Like they, those are things you should worry about. Absolutely. And then I want to say like it was so I had my daughter like um, a week after the 2016 election. Oh, boy. So I was in a really great place just in general. <laughs> Just great. You're just sobbing and knitting the tiniest little pussy hat for your daughter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I um I went to the I, I went to the women's march in Chicago uh-huh. and um and like I have a picture of me like rocking her um oh. when I'd gotten home mm-hmm. from that. And it was kind of like one of those moments of being like, I hope this picture means something to her someday, you know? Like How could it not? How could it not? Oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, so I remember telling my therapist like not super long after that that like um that these are all very reasonable things to be worried about and I was like mm-hmm. the state of the world and I want to say right after the election it wasn't very long into it that there already was sort of like this big or maybe after the inauguration this whole like nuclear war like there was it was instantaneous like it was yeah. you should be worrying about this and I remember talking to her um, about it and she was just like but like what if you let people whose job it is to worry about it worry about it and I was like I just don't live in that like that was like, 
I just believe that every citizen should like speak up and use their voice. Those pesky therapists trying to help you with their pesky ideas. I know, and I'm like, I'm a member of a global society, and I will not, I will not not be worried about this. If you become complacent, that's how we get where we are now. And she was like, okay, but we're not. Maybe take this at a slightly micro level. <laughs> You're really just not even trying to take a bite off to chew. You're really just trying to eat the whole thing in one bite. Maybe yeah, just, just start with a snack. <laughs> just trying to solve international relations. From the... Yeah, rocking my daughter. Exactly, yeah. From the comfort of your couch, feeding your daughter <laughs> at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's how... And then... It hasn't let up is the thing, is that in the last four years, there has just never been a break. There was a brief week, I want to say recently, like maybe, God, what would have been the inciting incident? I think when the Supreme Court like rejoined or regathered for the beginning of their year, whatever, there were like three precedents set right in a row that were like, wow, LGBTQ work protections and like all these great things like DACA. All that. Great. And then downhill right again, like way steep down. And it just, I wonder what the effect of the hive mind's mental health is going to be long term. Like, because we're all, I, ugh. We're, it, I, I keep trying to, to, like, I felt this way before, before the pandemic started, but even more so now that, like, we're in, like, a global trauma. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's a and and the fact that like it's so gross that like for for a lot of folks like that's a recent realization mm-hmm. like there's been a like a, a national trauma since the inception of our you know since the inception of our country like it was never oh. I get really irritated when people are doing sort of like a, I just want things to go back to normal I'm like I don't oh my god oh my god like oh. I never want to go back to normal but I want it to not be. I want it to be slightly less terrifying. I want to be making some semblance of progress moving forward and not constantly feel right. like we're clawing to hold on to like what progress we've made because yeah, I don't have to start over again. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I want to be actually creating something, building something with everyone and not just, yeah, trying to catch things as they're falling off the wagon and then like, it's 17 new things every day. And yep. then exactly what you're describing, this feeling of which thing do I give my attention to? I guess I'll just try all of them instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if there is one, one silver lining in this whole, especially the last going on seven months or something, um, I think it's that people are kind of learning what lane they are most effective in. Maybe that's optimistic, but like, I hope that that's what we're learning, that we let the leaders lead and not everybody has to be a leader. Some people, we need like feet on the ground and hands at work and everybody matters to this mm-hmm. effort. Um, and I just, who was I talking to on the show? Actually, I think Jenna was one of our guests, uh, one of my guests a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> she and I were saying that a president right now really just has to be the group chat organizer. They don't even have to have the best ideas or any ideas, no. but they got to get everybody yes. on the group chat. <laughs> and that's, that's it. A, yeah, that's such a that's such a good point. I, I feel exactly I feel exactly that way. Mm-hmm. And also, somebody said something on another podcast. I want to. I think it was it was probably Pod Save America. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or maybe it was a tweet. I don't know. Um, <laughs> What's the difference anymore? It was, it was something to the extent of like Joe Biden was not he he was not the guy in 2008. Mm-hmm. Like he was not he was not didn't need to be president then, and he wasn't wouldn't have been the guy in 2016 either. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't his time. But there's something kind of interesting, not necessarily policy wise, but from like an actual human being yeah. perspective, that like maybe he is exactly what we need he's not who i would have necessarily he was not necessarily he's not at all who i would have chosen no but looking at all this now like the just the grief and like i said the collective trauma yeah like somebody who understands how to sit in that trauma and still move forward yes yeah who this is not like it's one of those weird things where like the pressure of leading a country through something like this i can't imagine but it also i also can't imagine going through what he has Oh, here in his life God. and kept going forward and fighting for other people. So it's like he he has we we have proof that he can keep going when things mm-hmm. are impossible. Yep. Yeah, I and completely so I agree. Like his, yeah, I may not like his policies. I may not like, but like, I do believe that he cares. Yes. Well, and I think that the next four years, and God willing, that means that they are years with a president, Joe Biden. Um, there isn't going to be a lot of movement on policy change and reform. I just, I mean, that again would be optimistic to say that like police everywhere are going to be reformed in this way or like race relations are going to improve dramatically. I don't think that is even in the scope of possibility given the amount of damage that has been done to international relationships domestic relationships, just basic trust and decency within our own government. Somebody needs to stop the bleeding. And then while they're doing that, heal the wound. And if, like you said, if there's anybody who knows how to heal a wound and honor the wound instead of just glossing over it and then also moving forward or at least staging something for, for the future, like, okay, I've set you up with something solid and I'm out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I even feel like one of the things that I will give him credit for is I do feel like he um, would be happy to let other leaders lead. Like, yes. That's kind of like what you were saying. And yeah. I think that, like, really the government can can do can, can do things to protect people. It can do things to, like, not make things worse. But ultimately it's, like, it's every person's soul that needs to be fixed. Like, yeah. every, every white person's soul needs to be fixed. <laughs> And like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that, that need to be done that like creating a lack of chaos at the governmental level gives people, regular people, the space to like lead all of the organizers and activists mm-hmm. who have been working for a long time to save our climate and to, mm-hmm. um, you know, like crush white supremacy, like giving them space to lead the way that right. they've always, they've always been leading in whatever community that they're a part of. And giving people a space to actually do that so that they're not trying to like deal with the fact that they can't leave their house because they could die. Like right. <laughs> that alone would be an enormous improvement. And I kind of like wonder, I don't know if this is true at all, but I feel like if we've learned any lesson, mm-hmm. it's that the whole, the whole, when they go low, we go high. And when the whole, like the whole idea of like any semblance of norms like yeah, or decency norms or honor. Yeah. Yeah, that like that we learned that that's not real. No, like, it is that's not. not a thing. And and that like if we have a chance, 
mm-hmm. have any semblance of power, then it's our it's it's time to use it as quickly, like swiftly and decisively as possible to protect as many people as possible. Because yep. like they have shown they don't give a shit. What, they don't like they don't and like hurting to get what they want. And even in this past, I mean, even the past two days alone with both Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney being like, yeah, I think we should totally rush a Supreme Court decision. That sounds reasonable to me. After Lindsey Graham specifically went on the record saying, use my words against me, he's just like, Romney voted to remove him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand. I don't either. Oh, it's dark. Yeah. I had a friend text me when on the evening that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, she was like, well, this means war. And I was like already descending into my deepest, darkest place and didn't really register that. And then I emerged a couple of days later and that was true then. But I think it is now even more true that like, okay, if you put on the table that you were going to be a man of your word and then now you're not, then there's no, there's no niceness. There's no high to go to. I mean, we're all just in the dirt and it is, it's too bad that we've been dragged into the dirt this way, but it's also like, I've been saying what you just said for years now of like, why are we, why are the Democrats all playing so like nice and noble and honorable? They don't get points for that. We have to like, I think that like, the the newest generation of like leadership doesn't have time for that shit. No, like, don't, like I really do. I'm I'm really fortunate. I'm um, in Lauren Underwood's district, and like mm. she's a relatively moderate. Like we're a pretty purple um, county mm-hmm. um, or district, and like she's a relatively like central like middle of the road person. But her policies are progressive where they should be. Like it's not an ideological thing. It's when yeah. the policy is the right thing, and she mm-hmm. speaks out on behalf of. Um, you know, on behalf of women, on but she's part of the um, like the Black Maternal Health Caucus. Like mm-hmm. she's doing all of this like incredible work that's pushing things forward. And then like all of her colleagues, I look at like AOC and mm-hmm. Ayanna Presley, and like I feel like everyone's just kind of like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna take the filter off. And like <laughs> the old, like the kind of older guard is still trying to play nice, and they have, there's a lot to learn. Yeah, the way that they do things. But I think there's just as much room to learn from people who are like, we don't have time. Like, you, no offense, y'all will be gone when the planet. No, offense. I don't care if they feel offended. But like, you should (laughs) leave some of these decisions to people who will have to live through the consequences of the decisions that you make today. So if they're, yeah, if you can't be president until you're 35, then you should not be able to make decisions after you are 70. Right? Does that? What do you think? Let's take a vote. Everyone, I vote for that. That's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's not a bad idea. I feel like also people could just not be terrible. If you could just. It's a tall order. It's a little bit harder much. to restrict, I would say, enforce. <laughs> if you care about anyone other than yourself, you would be like, the planet's on fire. I could. Literally on fire. Less on fire. Yeah. I could just like. Anything to do to make it less on fire. And maybe not more on fire. Yeah. It's I could. weird. It's, a, it's wild, <laughs> but it's an idea. What if I just started with not making more fires? Now, here's something yeah. I think I could get on board with. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of Congress needs 
your therapist to be like, okay, well, hold on. What if, and I'm, this is just a hypothetical. <laughs> what if you just didn't make things worse for everyone? Think about it. Something you could do. <laughs> is that actionable today for you? Whatever headspace you're in. Therapist is going to be psyched. <laughs> that, <sighs> one, that I'm clearly learning a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two, that she's been referenced multiple times. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. that makes me really happy. She's a wise woman. I hate to cut this okay. off right now because we lost 10 minutes to the internet or apple or steve jobs or whatever but it has been great to meet you and i do hope that you, you stay too. in touch maybe you me and sarah can all hang out online sometime because I gosh would, i miss yeah, her we can group chat and it'll be great completely group we'll chat invite she, Biden. we'll invite well here's the guest list you me and sarah dave matthews band okay. optional i really just have questions for dave um, but if it makes you happy, I'll invite the whole band. <laughs> Love it. Joe Biden. Obviously. Lindsey Graham. Um, <laughs> but he'll be on mute the whole time. So he doesn't get to say anything. Uh, something, yeah. something, an interesting twist for him. And uh, gosh, who else? Your therapist. therapist. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So expect a paperless post from me <laughs> about... The show is not sponsored by Paperless Post, but Paperless Post, if you wanted to be a sponsor, I'm on Instagram, so you can find me. Okay. All right. That's it. It's a little plug it for myself. So great to meet, great to meet you, so too. Good to meet you. Keep doing the good work of getting mad and not wasting time with whatever they do in Washington, D.C. You're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go do something good. Like, do a good thing. Or not anything bad to, to start with. <laughs> I think that that's the, 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 new, uh, the new mantra. Like, how about just don't do something terrible? Just don't make it worse. Whatever you do, don't make it worse. just don't make it worse. Don't make it worse. <laughs> Biden-Harris, we won't make it worse. That's the inflection you have to say it with. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm voting for that ticket. Like that's a ticket. You like, got that it. Alone. Yeah. I'll make you a bumper sticker. I'll send it your way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. You have a great night. Take care. I'll talk Thank to you soon. You. Bye. Bye. Thank you again to Aaron for being the very first recommended guest on We've Never Met. What a thrill to talk to you. I love that icebreaker question. In fact, I've asked. I've asked people I know well what their walk-on or walk-in song would be, and it is super fun uh, to get to know what soundtrack is playing in people's heads when they're walking around. Um, It has also, of course, furthered the um, somewhat embarrassing revelation that I don't know about any music between 1992 and 2012 or something. Anyway... Thank you for enlightening me about the Dave Matthews Band. Uh, He will not be a guest on our show next week, but maybe someday he will be. And I do promise that if if he is, if they are as a group, I will give you a call and you can be our special guest on that show. Thank you also for bearing with me while I was figuring out all the tech issues on my end. Um, If we made reference to that, that at the beginning, that's what that was all about. It is kind of amazing that in a world where all communication must be done via computer and Zoom and 
all that kind of stuff. I don't think I've done one of these yet where everything goes perfectly smoothly at the beginning. <laughs> We've Never Met is 100% and completely made by me, Charlotte T. Martin, Charlotte the Writer, on Instagram. If you would like to join the mighty, small, but mighty team of Patreon backers that are currently backing this show, you can do that at patreon.com uh, slash Charlotte the Writer. Uh, that's the second quick link in my bio on Instagram. And a little bit goes a long way. That money is going to go toward making that, th that making this show uh, even better and maybe even take a little bit of the work off of me and getting to hire someone else in a time when I would love to be able to hire someone to do something because I know work is sparse. If you would like to be a guest or if you would like to recommend a guest to We've Never Met, you can slide into my DMs on Instagram. Once again, I am Charlotte the Writer and I would love nothing more than to meet you or to meet one of your friends who you think would be a fun conversation person conversationalist a fun person to meet on this show you get what i'm trying to say thank you so much for listening to we've never met it helps me out a great deal if you rate review and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts or overcast or google podcast google play i think it's called um, anywhere where you listen to your podcasts what does that do for me it bumps it to the top of the search if we, i do have a unique uh, title for the show but that makes it um, easier for people to find. And then your reviews let people know what you think of the show. I think it's a great show, but I think I might be a little bit biased. So if you want to go drop a sentence, two sentences about what you think of the show and be honest, that's helpful. Um, that helps me out a great deal, get to more ears and widen my network of new friends. So I think that's it for now. And until we speak again, don't be a stranger. <laughs>